Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Malachi, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let me just give you a little disclaimer here. Because if you came to be uplifted and feel good, you might want to leave now. Because this chapter is brutal. It, it, it's just a brutal, brutal chapter. And so I want to tell you that right up front, because we're going to deal with some stuff that's really hard hitting. Um, Malachi is just, uh, remember I told you the title of uh, all of the teachings in Malachi is straight talk from God. Remember I told you straight talk from God. So we're, we're going to get some straight talk tonight. So uh, it's pretty brutal. I want to tell you that just up front. Now just let me give you a little bit of uh, background from the last time that we was, were, were, were together. Uh, Malachi, as we've pointed out, is the last of the last prophet in the Old Testament. Now what I failed to tell you the last time that we were together is that John the Baptist, listen close here, John the Baptist is the last in the line of the Old Testament prophets. Don't you remember it was Jesus who said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus said, the prophets prophesied until John, until John. So John the Baptist is the last in the line of the Old Testament prophets, but in the Old Testament writing, Malachi is the last listed prophet in the Old Testament, as we pointed out the last time. We don't know that much about Malachi. We know that his name means my messenger. Now, there are some scholars who would disagree with that, actually, because they they would say that, that his name doesn't mean my messenger, that Malachi is more like a title, more so than it is a name. So some scholars would disagree with that. You're free to choose whatever position you want. Uh, I believe his name means my messenger. Now just a little bit of background before we move forward. Don't you remember 70 years? Are you listening? 70 years are up. The people of God have been released from the Babylonian captivity. You know that. They go home. They're led by who? Ezra, Nehemiah, Zerubbabel, and Joshua. The temple is reconstructed. The walls of the city are up and the people are comfortable. The people are complacent. The people are apathetic. The people are lazy and lethargic toward God. This is the backdrop where God sends the messenger, Malachi, to speak to the people about their laziness, about their lethargy, about their listlessness, their languid disposition. God sends Malachi to speak to them. Now, as I told you, straight talk from God. Here we are in chapter two. Again, the title straight talk from God. Remember chapter one. If you were with us, 
God was rebuking all of Israel. Remember, I gave you the outline for the whole book, actually, because God was rebuking Israel, number one, for denying God's love. Don't you remember that? I've got an outline, I think, up there for you, and I want you to write it down if you would. But you remember, they were, God was rebuking all of Israel for denying God's love in chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. We talked about this the last time. And then also, God was rebuking them for defiling God's table in chapter 1, verse 6 through 14. We looked at chapter 1 the last time we were together. Tonight, we look at the third and the fourth and the fifth point of contention. Remember, God has got some issues with Israel. The third, the fourth, the fifth point of contention we're going to talk about tonight, the people were devaluing God's word. This is what we'll talk about tonight in chapter 2, 1 through 9. The people are deserting their wives in chapter 2, verse 10 through 16. And then finally tonight, we'll talk about the people are distorting God's word in chapter 2, verse 17. So the people are devaluing God's word, deserting their wives, and distorting God's word. That's what we're going to talk about. And then next week, let me see, do I have the rest of that outline up there? Next week, good, we're going to talk about, in chapter 3, the people are depriving God's house. Chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. And then finally, the people are degrading God's work. We'll talk about that the next time. So, we have our outline. We've got our backdrop. We're good. Let's look at it. Malachi, chapter 2. Look at verse 1, saints. If you're with me, say amen. amen. And now, O priest... This commandment is for you. If you will not hear, and if you will not take it to heart, to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already, because you do not take it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your descendants, and spread, notice this, refuse on your faces, the refuse of your solemn feast, the one will take you away and one will take you away with the refuse. And then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you that my covenant with Levi may continue. Look at that, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. As I pointed out, we're going to talk about the third contention from God devaluing God's word. God says to the priest, we just read in verses 1 through 4, God says to the priests of Levi, who were God's chosen ministers, the priests of Levi were God's chosen ministers. God says, if you will not hear and take what I'm saying to heart, I am going to curse your blessings. This is hugely important. The Bible, you know, I think we know. You can be a Christian for a week. We know God's ways are not our ways, and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. If you know that, say amen. amen. God's ways are not our ways. You can be a Christian for a week, and you will learn this. God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And as it relates to the selection of the priest, it is interesting who God chooses and who God has chosen. Now, I don't know if you know 
But the man of God, listen closely, the man that God used to begin the priesthood was who? Just yell out. Aaron. Very good. Aaron. Do you know the story in Exodus chapter 32? It's a great story. You ought to take time to read it tonight before you go to bed. But it's a really good story. In Exodus chapter 32, it's Moses goes up on a mountain. Perhaps you know. Moses goes up on a mountain to receive the law. He leaves Aaron in charge of things down in the camp. Moses comes down and the people are partying and dancing around a golden calf naked. So Moses said, Aaron, what in the world are you doing? Aaron said, well, Mo, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. Moses said, try me. Aaron said, Mo, the people tried to get me to do something bad and I wouldn't do it. So all I did was tell the people to give me their jewelry. I took the gold of their jewelry and I threw it in the fire and poof, a golden calf popped out. Believe me. And Moses is standing there looking at him like, yeah, right. And I got some swamp land in Florida. Of course, I don't believe you. Now, this is the guy here. You got to keep staying with me now. This is the guy that starts the whole line of the priesthood. The guy who has no wisdom. The guy who is a complete and total knucklehead. He starts the line of the priesthood. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us a couple of things. Number one, it tells me that God has a sense of humor. <laughs> Amen, saints. I'm glad about that. God has a sense of humor, number one. It also tells me that God is a God, watch this, of G-R-A-C-E. What's that spell? Grace. You got it. Ah, here's an acronym. You know I love it. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches. Anybody know it? God's. Say it with me when I'm ready. God's. Oh, say it again. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's grace, people. God's riches at Christ's expense. That tells me God selected this guy to start the whole line of the priesthood. Clearly, Aaron doesn't start off righteous. Clearly no merit. Clearly just a complete and total bonehead, if you will. I mean, what were you thinking? Oh, you know that you're not supposed to be worshiping any other God. There shall not be any other gods. There's only one God. He knew that from his mother's womb. He knew that before he was born. What do you mean? Because Jewish women would sit and they would rub their bellies and they would, when they were pregnant and rock in the chair and just say, the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God is one God. They would speak these words to their children in the womb. Moms, hey, that's not a bad practice. You know, just start sitting rubbing your belly. Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so, or something. Jesus got your back, something. I mean, <laughs> something. You can say something. But, 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 but Aaron knew. Of course he knew. And so God used his family to start the lineage of the high priest. And here we are at the end of the Old Testament and God is still reproving the priest. And so God says to the priest, 
If you will not hear me and take my words to heart and give glory to my name, I'm going to send a curse your way. And I will. You guys need to look at that again in verse one or pardon me, verse two. I will curse your blessing. That is verse two, isn't it? Is that verse two? Say amen if it is. Okay, good, because my Bible's so scribbled up, I can't even see anything on the page now. I'm going to scribble and write, I write in my Bible. I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. You know, when I first read this several weeks ago, it literally stopped me in my tracks. I will curse your blessings. You know, there's so much talk in the church today about God's people being blessed. You know, Monday night, I'm at home with my daughter. It's my day off, and I'm chilling with Chanel, and we're just watching, you know, Christian TV. And, you know, it just sometimes, it just honestly, it just kind of drives me crazy. I don't know why I torture myself and watch it, but I do. And we're sitting there watching TV and flipping the, you know, the Christian preachers on, and, you know, he started talking about God's blessings. God's blessings on God's people and the people of God are being blessed and the favor of God. And he's going on and on and on and he's working the people up. And, and the more he starts talking about blessings, the more he starts talking about favor, the people just get worked up and get worked up. And before you know, it, I mean, there's there's thousands of people in this room and the people are getting worked up because he's talking about what God is going to do for them. Because he's talking about the blessings that come your way. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Let me preface my comments with this. God blesses his people. There is no question you're looking at a blessed man. But let's understand something. According to the Bible, when is the last time you heard a sermon about God turning a blessing into a curse? Anybody? No. Because, you know, that's, that's not one of the popular sermons. I mean, you know, how you, I mean, how you sound? You know, you're on TV and, you know, you get the people worked up. God's going to turn your blessings into a curse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the people are like, what kind of nonsense is that? When is the last time? According to the Bible, listen, according to the Bible, he turns blessings into curses. And according to the Bible, he turns cursing into blessing. Both are true. Numbers chapter 22. Don't you know your Bible? Again, another great story. I told you God has a sense of humor. Numbers chapter 22. This is one of the funniest stories in the Bible. We have the Moabite king, Balak. You know the story. And he wanted to curse Israel. And so what did he do? He hired a false prophet by the name of who, saints? Balaam. You know that. And so Balaam's riding on his donkey. This is a funny story. And he's on his way to curse God's people. And the context in the story in Numbers 22 is almost like he's really casual about it. Like he's going to the mall or something. You know what I mean? Okay, we're going to go curse God's people. We're going to go curse God's people. And so the donkey that he's riding on, he, the, the donkey sees an angel in the road with a sword drawn and the donkey stops. And Balaam begins to whack the donkey on the head and the donkey continues down the road. Well, then he sees the angel again and this time he crushes Balaam's foot and Balaam starts beating the donkey again. And the donkey continues down the road. And the donkey sees the angel yet again. 
And the Bible says at this time, the donkey fell with his legs from out under his belly. That's a word picture. I mean, that, that's just, just trippy. That just reminds me like a cartoon or something. Like all of his legs just... I mean, that's kind of the idea is what happened. And so Balaam, he jumps off the donkey and he starts to beat the donkey over the head. And the donkey, the Bible says, the donkey said, hey, why are you beating me? Have I ever did this before? Haven't I always been a good donkey? No, no, no. <laughs> this is incredible. I mean, because Balaam began to, the Bible says, began to reason with the donkey. Well, you know, come to mention it, you know, it has been fun riding you. And, and, and him, Balaam and the donkey begin to converse back and forth, which makes you wonder who's the real donkey here. He begins to talk to him. And so Balaam, you know the story, he lifts up his hands and he tries to curse the people. But he winds up blessing the people. He tries to curse the people and he winds up blessing the people. Here in our text, in Malachi chapter 2, God reverses that and turns blessings into curses. Listen, it's bad enough when God takes a blessing away, but it's even worse when God turns the blessing into a curse. Amen. That would be painful. Well, speaking of painful, look at verse 3. This is painful, so painful, that in verse 3, God said, I will rebuke your descendants and spread Refuse on your faces. Okay, we know what refuse is. Say amen if you do. Amen. Okay, I, I'm trying not to explain. Although I am a teacher of the word. We understand what refuse is. By the way, this is, you know, I always talk about the law of first mention. Uh, this is the law, uh, this is the uh, first mention of a uh, facial mud pack. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. It took me two weeks to come up with that one. I was, I'm sorry. And so this refuse now, listen, when they cleanse the animal, you know, they would bring their sacrifice. When they cleanse the sacrificial animal, the animal had excrement in his intestine and in his body. And so they would have to clean that out as well as other things. They would take those things, refuse, things that are rejected, and they would take them outside of the sanctuary. Now you can find that. They would take it outside of the sanctuary and they would burn it. That's in Exodus 29, 14. Read that in your own time. But they would carry the waste outside the sanctuary and they would burn it. So here God says he will rub their noses in it so that they will, they the priest, will have to be taken outside the sanctuary. And then you will know, God says, we just read it, that I have sent this commandment to you. Now, look at verse 5. My covenant was with him. One of life, one of what, saints? One of life and peace. And I gave them to him that he might fear me. And so he feared me and was reverent before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth. Talking about the priest. And injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from their iniquity. For the lips of the priest should, underline verse 7, would you? For the lips of the priest should keep knowledge and people should seek the law from his mouth. For he is 
the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. In verse 4, God says, It is my intention that the covenant I made with Levi will continue. What was the covenant made with Levi? Well, again, listen, you go back to Exodus chapter 32. Again, in your own time, when Moses saw the people were out of control, Moses stood in the entrance and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Don't you remember that comment? Who is on the Lord's side? Come and stand over here, Moses said. And all the sons of Levi went and stood with Moses, and God blessed them and made a covenant with them that they would be his ministers or that they would be his pastors. And this covenant, God says, was one of life and peace. I love that. Life and peace is what God desires for all of our lives. Amen, saints? Amen. Life and peace. And somehow, you know, we usually choose death and stress. God wants to give us life and peace. Now, originally, the tribe of Levi had been faithful to instruct the people in the ways of the Lord. They spoke the truth from God's word. They drew near to the Lord in peace and uprightness. And their instruction turned many of the Israelites from their sin to honor God. The priest wants reverenced God and they knew his word and they had godly character and they kept Knowledge, But notice in verse 7, the lips of the priest, I had you underline it, the lips of the priest should keep knowledge and the people should seek the law from his mouth. Notice God says the main role of the priest, are you listening? The main role of the priest was instruction, teaching, and being able to give knowledge. Not shaking hands, not kissing babies, but Instruction and teaching is what God called his priest to do. And there is no new thing under the sun. Even today, God has still called his priest to instruction and teaching and the giving forth of knowledge. God has still called his priest to study his word. Of course, you know. Acts chapter 6. Remember, we've been going over on Sunday morning the problem in the early church between the Hebrew women and the Greek women in the daily distribution. And don't you remember Paul, or pardon me, Peter and the apostles said, hey, we need to give ourselves to prayer and to the word of God, the study of the word of God. Don't you remember what Jesus told Peter? Peter, you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter, you love me? Yeah, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, you, you love me? Peter, you even like me. Yeah, Lord, you know, Peter was getting frustrated. You know I love you. You know I like you, Lord, a lot. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. It is the job of the pastor, the job of the priest, to feed God's people wisdom from the Lord and knowledge from the word. And don't you love that verse in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2? It says, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. Paul said in Acts, I could go on and on and on. Paul said in Acts chapter 20, verse 8, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you over, overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And then one of my favorite verses, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. I love this verse. 
I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. What does it say, saints? Preach the word. Be ready, Paul tells Timothy, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time is going to come, Timothy, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And it goes on. And, and I could go on about the role of the pastor and the role of the priest. And, and we're all priests of God. Amen. And because we're all kings and priests of God, then we all need to be people who are able to share the word of God, who is able to give out the word of God, who is able to give instruction concerning the things of God. But it's the role of the priest, according to the scriptures and the pastors, to give people the word. And I don't see that happening a whole lot in the church today. I don't want to get on that soapbox. You guys know how easily that can happen. Isn't it sad what's happening to the teaching of the word in the church today? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.